This meeting oh. is being recorded. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the brand new season of For the Love of Books podcast featuring Indian small press authors and their events with host Emma Polova. I would like to thank our sponsors, Doug Chavant, The Lowell Ledger, and author Barbara Britton. Today, I will be chatting with author Diane Burton, who will announce the details of her book, Giveaway, Rescuing Mara's Father, at the end of the interview. Burton combines her love of mystery, adventure, science fiction, and romance in writing romantic fiction. Hello, Diane. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Hello, Emma. We actually met in person, right, at two recent events, and that was the Holland Art in the Park and Lakeshore Art Festival in Muskegon. How did you like these, and would you recommend them to other authors and visitors? Art in the Park in Holland was wonderful. Of course, I live here in Holland, so it, you know, I see a lot of familiar faces. Uh, Lakeshore Art Festival has always been a good event for me. Um, and it draws a lot of people. And I, I think that's, that's the um, commonality between the two, uh, the two events. Uh, the number of people that come out is wonderful. I think so. Both events are excellent. Okay, now to your novel, Rescuing Mara's Father. Could you please give us the main plot line? The main plot line? Um, well, first of all, let me say one thing about um, the bio that you read. Um, that's for my name, Diane Burton, as an author. Uh, for Mara, rescuing Mara's father is for middle grade to and, and up. So say a good reader at age nine plus. Um, and so there is no romance or maybe a hint of one. Um, and it is, and there are no adult situations or adult language in, in this book. Mm. I, I wrote this for my grandchildren uh, who are 12 and 15. Um, they can't read my uh, adult books. They're just not appropriate for them. So I had to write something for that they could read that I've written. And since my family, including the, the, the two grandchildren, are Star Wars fans, I, I figured yeah, this book has to take place in space. So uh, it, it does, it takes place on a, it starts out on a, uh, an isolated uh, planet out on the, beyond the outer rim. Uh, and uh, Mara lives with her father, her mother is, has deceased, and um, she is desperate to go to an academy where she can learn to fly uh, spacecraft. And her father tells her no, that she can't go now. After all of these years of le leading her to believe she could go, he mm -hmm. says no. And I mean, like many 15-year-old, 14, 15-year-old girls, she's very upset that her plans have been changed. So she runs away um, and hides out in a, in a tunnel uh, in the mines. And while she's gone, the, um, there is an evil queen who, whose um, people have come in and uh, 
grabbed her father and taken off with him. And when she discovers this, I mean, her plan is she has to go and find him. Um, and she has two friends, Jaco, who is nine, and Lucas, who is uh, 15, almost 16. And the three of them set off to find her dad. So that's that's a basic that's basically the story. Okay. So what inspired this book? Well, as I said, uh, my family are very staunch Star Wars fans. I mean, we've okay. watched all of the movies, and oh. so of course it had to be set in space. And um, my children, my grandchildren, are uh, avid readers. Um, they devour books the way I did when I was a kid <laughs> so, and, and their mother did and their father does <laughs> so they're they're strong yeah. readers <laughs> okay and how about Mara how did you come up with this name what is she like oh Mara I, I'm not exactly sure how the name came about it just sort of popped in my head I had one young woman come up at a, um, at one of the events and take a picture of the cover to show her friend whose name was Mara, who mm -hmm. had never seen her name in, in print anywhere. Now, I hope that they went back and bought the book off of, uh, off of Amazon, but I don't, you know, no idea. Um, well, Mara is a strong-willed young woman. Um, well, on the verge of womanhood. And her father has taught her many skills that he, he couched as games. And through those games, she has some really good survival skills. Uh, what she didn't realize, or yeah, didn't realize all along was that her father was teaching her how to survive without him. Oh, Oh, okay. eventually one of the uh, one of her friends points that out to her and she goes like, duh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so who's the queen and her agents? Okay, well, the queen um, is on another planet on one of the planets that's in um, the central district. Mm -hmm. and uh, a very civilized planet, except she is a, um, um, oh, the word just escaped. Um, think of Putin. <laughs> uh, he is uh, a, a dictator. That's what she is. She's a dictator. Uh, and in the, uh, in the course of Mara's father, who is also the teacher for the uh, the colony, um, he's teaching them about different ways of government at the very beginning of the book, and it doesn't register with her, with Mara, why he's telling her all of these things. But it does okay. eventually come out near the end of the book. Um, but Mara's a very strong woman, a young woman. Uh, and very determined. Sounds like it, right? Like you? Is there a lot of you in Mara? 
I always ask this question. I, I know, and I'm asked that question often. Let's put it this way. I wish I was, had been as strong and determined as Mara was when I was 15 years old. Okay. Um, you know, it's sort of like you build a character, not so much the way you are or or the way you had been, but maybe the way you wanted it to be. Wanted to be, yeah, exactly, I agree. So at what age did you start writing or always, you've always been writing? <laughs> no, I, I wrote in high school. My girlfriend and I wrote what's now called fan fiction. We had no idea, but we took one of the one of the TV shows that we both liked and we wrote episodes for it. Mm -hmm. But after high school, I got out of the habit of writing and I didn't start writing again until my children were ready to go off to college. And it was like, okay, my turn now. Uh, I had mm -hmm. devoted my time and life to making sure that they had a good education, that they had a rounded uh, activities and and it was like, now it's my turn. Mm -hmm. So I started, I started writing. Um, it's been almost 30 years that I have been writing. And I have um, 14 books that are written for adults that are either science fiction, romance, or romantic suspense, that kind mm -hmm. of, and some cozy mysteries too. Um, but this is my first book that I wrote for middle grade uh and older. And it was a lot of fun. It, you know, you don't, you put your, try to put yourself in the, the mind of a teenage girl. And since I have a teenage granddaughter, I can, you know, kind of tap into how she is. So it wasn't difficult to switch from writing for adults to writing for mid-grade students, right? Middle-grade students. Was it difficult or it didn't? <clears throat> um, not really. Um, I have been able to somehow transfer the skills that I've learned in writing all these years uh, to different genres. Um, I write science fiction romance, like I said, romantic mm -hmm. Cozy mysteries. So this seemed to be a when I was while I was writing the cozy mysteries, which doesn't have much romance, um, you know, and nothing. The adult situations are all behind closed doors. It didn't seem to be very difficult to make that transition to writing for young people. And I read a lot of young, what's called young adult uh, and middle grade. Yeah. Uh, so I. I you know, the, I read in the genre that I want to write in before I attempt it to see what the reader expectations are and so on. Okay, how long did it take you to write this specific book? From the initial idea to getting it on the market? Probably six to eight months. Okay. Uh, it seemed to go pretty quick once I got once I got started on it, and it was to me it was a lot of fun writing it, um, going on an adventure with three kids. Um, you know, many 
many of the um, middle grade young adult books have uh, the friendship is the is the friendship and camaraderie is what sustains them on their quest or journey. So that seemed to be fairly easy to do. What were some of the challenges in writing this? Watching my language. (laughs) (laughs) That is hard to do. I can relate to that. (laughs) You know, in some cases, I, I made up words or expressions that you could kind of figure out that they were meant to be a uh, substitute for swear words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How did you manage to do that? Give us an example. Um, well, it, okay, an example. Um, one one expression that the boys use a lot is holy hecon. Uh, hecon is an animal. And <laughs> so instead of instead of oh my god or something like that which is uh-huh. you know i'm still kind of i find that not real appropriate for young students even though they use it all the time i'm sure um you know trying to find a substitute um so that's that was that was a challenge it must have been uh, yeah i have no trouble believing that what do you <laughs> feel you did right with this book or in this book? What did you do and, right? What do you feel specific right? on the nail? Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I had a lot of um, different strands going through the story. Mm-hmm. Some that began at the beginning, some that appeared in the middle of the book. And at, by the end, I had to make sure that I pulled all those strings to together and made sure that I didn't leave anything hanging. That is tough. That can be tough, right? Yes. What would you have done differently? Wow, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that I would have done anything different. Maybe start Mm -hmm. the next book, which I have started, um, maybe start it sooner, um, like as soon as um, Rescuing Mara's Father was was published, it would have been good to start the next book right away, but I was, work, I was working on something else instead. So consequently, I haven't gone back to the next book. Okay. What have you learned about yourself from writing this book, Rescuing Mara's Father? Well, you're asking some really good questions, Emma. (laughs) That's why we have so much fun, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, I've had interviews before, but you you asked some really tough questions. Um, What did I learn about myself? I learned that if I put my mind to something, I can do it. Right. Um, that I can, I can complete a story, which, I mean, I know I, I can do that because I have with my others, but um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think what I learned is that you have to have a lot of determination to finish a book. Yes. What are the major takeaways from rescuing Mara's father? Um, friendship, depending okay. on friends, knowing who to trust. Trust okay. becomes an issue throughout the book. Um, who does she trust? Is it her friends? Is it her father? Um, can she trust what the adults tell her? Mm -hmm. And that's that's a big issue. And, and she has to work that out. Absolutely. What is the most interesting or bizarre thing that has ever happened to you during an in-person author's event? Out there, out of <laughs> and about <laughs> with the public. <laughs> you can't believe what kind of answers I get to this question. <laughs> I have four and a half year old twin grandsons and I had been ordering more books because for the events and I had them stacked up in my, in a spare bedroom. And I had the two of them help me uh, take the books out of the boxes and stack them up so that I had, I knew where they all were. And at the Holland art in the park, the oldest, grand, the oldest of the two by like 20 minutes or whatever. Uh, <laughs> he said, I said, these are the books that you helped me, that you helped me unpack. Do you remember that? And he goes, are these the books you're going to sell? And I said, yes. He said, okay. He picks up three books. He says, I'm going to buy these. <laughs> and then he took them across over where you, I think close to where you were sitting, thinking that you were like the cashier. <laughs> but he was going to buy my books to help me out. That was cool. That's very cool. So what's <laughs> next for Diane in 2022? Uh, I have... Well, first I'm, I'm finishing up two books. One's a science fiction romance and the other is a cozy mystery. And I have my first Comic-Con event that I'm going to be participating in uh, as a vendor. Um, it'll be in Holland at the Civic Center uh, in October. I think it's the 8th of October. Okay. Uh, and well, I have a a Jedi costume in my shopping cart at Amazon. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm every time I go to send something, I look at that and I think, do I spend that kind of money <laughs> on a costume? But it would be so much fun to be oh, dressed yeah. as a Jedi. Oh, you have to do it. I, I'm sure. It. You're gonna sell more books. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right, Diane. Would you like to read to us? Yes, I would. Okay, this this scene takes place um, after um, Mara ran away and she's hiding out in a tunnel in the mines. And one of the, the things that she 
shares with, uh, she shares mentally, but the, the book is written in the first person. Uh, Jaco, her friends Jaco and Lucas live in the mines, they're orphans. And they have a secret hideout that she doesn't know, but they know where her special place is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, okay, so she's, she's confused. It's like two people are inside me, the happy one and the angry one. Right now, I'm neither. I'm scared. What am I going to do tomorrow? Maybe I can go to Basco and beg for a job so I can earn passage to Pomeria. But then father will know where I'm at, where I am. Our village is so small, Basco won't even have to tell him. I could head for outpost number one. I could pretend to be a, an orphan. I'd have to disguise myself since the space jocks might recognize me. If I can't get a job to pay for passage, I could stow away. The more I think about it, going to outpost number one is probably the best idea. If I stay here too long, father will find me and force me to return home. I don't mean that he that he will tie me up and drag me home. He would never use physical force. He would make me feel guilty, which is so much worse. Or he could tell Dockmaster not to let me work there because father's position as translator and mediator and not to mention teacher, carry such respect in the village, Doc Master would agree. Blast it, that's not gonna work. Outpost number one is the best idea. It will take several, uh, several 10 days to hike over the mountains to get there. I've heard that orphans who don't want to work in the, in the brilliant mines do it. If they could, I can, I'm strong. I'd have to take plenty of food and water and the, and the mini heater for the nights, I'd have to avoid the gangs and the wild animals, but I could do it. Or I could go home and apologize for what I said. Father might let me go to tech. I think about his forbidding me to go. What I said, I said in anger, just blurted out my feelings. I'm not sure that was the case with father. The more I think about it, the more I realize whenever I talk about tech, he became sort of quiet and noncommittal. I yawned. The heater had warmed up the rock, so I turned it off, plunging the little niche into complete darkness. The race to get away from home had left me exhausted. I stretched out on the bedroll and put the other one over me. I use my pack as a pallet. I use my pack as a pillow, and I think about what I should do next. There you are, Jake O'Neill's next to me. His urgent voice and torchlight in my eyes wake me up. I gasp, my heart racing. I must have fallen asleep. I was dreaming about being chased. I've been looking all over for you. He lowers his torch and scoots back. As I sat up, I shoved my hair out of my eyes. My braid came undone while I was sleeping. Automatically, I reach up and use my fingers to comb through the long hair. Jaco is breathing hard and heat rises off his small body. Why are you looking for me? I ask as I rebraid my hair. I was afraid they got you too, he gasped for breath. I didn't see you when they took him on board, so I ran back to your house. The Dumpus brothers were laughing about how the goons hauled you away, screaming and crying. I know you, I know you, you wouldn't cry. 
His eyes grew wide. You should have seen their ship, Mara. It was so cool. It was, hold on, took who? Isn't that why you came up here? To get away from them? Them who? I might be awake, but my mind is still muzzy. Slow down. You aren't making any sense. Jaco grabbed my arm. Your father, Mara. Coalition goons arrested your father. Thank you. Can you announce the details of your book giveaway? Yes. Um, I have a signed copy waiting for the first person who, e who emails me uh, with the uh, <laughs> I should give you my email address. Yeah. D is in, in Diane, M is in Mary, Burton, B-U-R-T-O-N, at gmail.com. Uh, and then, and what should they put in the, in the, the uh, with the subject line, just podcast giveaway. Pod, podcast giveaway podcast giveaway okay and i will sign a book for you and uh the first person whose uh email pops into my inbox uh i will let yeah. you know and uh zip this off to you excellent now parting shots you first diane you're my guest give us your parting shots well, this has been an interesting experience. It's my first podcast. Uh, I haven't even watched a podcast, so. Don't you think that's I know. Isn't that terrible? I feel sometimes like I'm so out of sync with the rest of the world. <laughs> I, I did read. I, I have read the transcripts from your, um, from yeah. your podcast, Emma, okay. but. Uh, now, now I know I'm going to have to be get get into the 21st century and read uh, and watch more podcasts. It's not that hard, right? They're really no. fun. they're really fun, and people love them. You know, you can listen to them while you're doing other stuff out and about. So that That's makes true. it pretty cool. And anyways, my parting shot, read indie, buy indie, and write indie. Support your local authors, newspapers, and small presses. Keep your fingers on the keyboard and your butt in the chair. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye.